0: In other episodes, I'll be talking about career transition. What tools do you need to be successful in a job search when you're moving from one career into a totally different track? These are questions that you need answers to, and I can help you find those answers. Hi, this is Kitty Boynton of Teachers in Transition, and this is episode two of my new YouTube channel entitled Teachers in Transition and a new podcast. So you may be listening to this episode or you may be watching, and either way I hope you will find it useful. I hope you'll also decide to subscribe to each of the podcast and the YouTube channels so that you can be alerted when new episodes are posted. I explained in the introduction that I'm going to be talking alternately about stress, stress management, stress relief, what can we do to relieve some of the sense of stress and overwhelm that we feel, especially those of us who are teachers still in the classroom. But frankly, even after you've made a transition into another career, there's still stress. As long as you're living and breathing on this planet, you're going to be Under a certain amount of stress, there's no getting rid of stress and you shouldn't want to get rid of stress. A certain amount of stress helps you to perform at your peak. And so there is eustress, which is the good kind of stress, as opposed to distress, which is the bad kind of stress. And we'll be talking about the differences and how to relieve that bad distress when you're feeling it. On alternate weeks, I will be also talking about Career transition, how do you undertake making a change once you've decided that whatever it is that you've been doing, whether it's teaching or working in some other career, that you've reached the level of boredom or burnout or overwhelm, or maybe the job has just made you sick and you need to find something else with a little less stress or perhaps a lot less stress? And I'll be sharing with you best practices for starting a job search, what your first number one challenge as a job seeker might be, what it is for most people, as well as practical strategies on how to approach your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile, and so forth. Those are some of the main tools that you need for any career transition or job search. And I'll be offering those strategies on some weeks. Other weeks, I'll be talking about stress. So this week, I want to start off this second episode of Teachers in Transition with uh, a little bit about stress and stress management and why you need to be concerned if you are feeling chronically overstressed, overwhelmed. Now, how do you know? Well, I offer a stress assessment that I will offer in the resource notes. It's available from my website. It is a 32-question question questionnaire, and the focus of it is to help you get in touch with where you are right now at this point in time with regard to what's going on in your life, What are some of the feelings that you're experiencing. Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you having trouble concentrating? Are you irritable? Is your irritability affecting in a negative way your relationships? Are you experiencing uh, some gastrointestinal issues? Have you been diagnosed with high blood pressure? Or do you know that you have diabetes? You know, a lot of people... Don't yet know that they have become diabetic and stress contributes to the severity of blood sugar in your bloodstream and the level of your diabetes. So, you know, I certainly recommend that everyone get checked, uh, get a physical every year. And if you start to experience symptoms that are out of the ordinary, go see your doctor before your physical and just get yourself checked out the peace of mind will be worth the the trouble. So take that assessment. And then I also offer a cheat sheet on how to manage your stress, just some simple strategies. And I say simple, I don't indicate ever that these strategies are easy necessarily because we are creatures of habit and we've already adopted certain habits that contribute to our stress level, right? And you'll know what those habits are as we dive into some of this information. But I'm going to be speaking from a, a little ebook that I published actually four years ago this month. And it's called Stressed, Stretched, and Just Plain Overwhelmed A Guide to Managing Your Stress and Developing a Greater Sense of Work Life Balance. Now, this is a free. Guide. And what I offer in this is where I learned the most about my own stress. Um, it came from a variety of areas. And um, so I, I share the story of my own job burnout and some of the other stress that I've experienced in my life, including a difficult marriage and a difficult divorce. And I also share that I know that my story regarding things that have happened in my life that have caused me tremendous stress, I'm not unique. Everybody has a story to tell. And in in that story, because of the nature of, again, being human beings, we experience loss. We experience upset. We experience broken hearts. Uh, Even good stress, the kind that comes with planning a wedding or preparing for a new baby, that's stressful. Those events are stressful. They just feel more like fun stress rather than sad or, or bad stress. But it's all having the same effect on your physical body and your mental and emotional state. So how do you go about managing all of that? Well, it really starts up here with how you think about the things that are happening happening in your life. You know, there's, there's that old saying about some people are glass half empty folks and others are glass half full folks. Glasses got the same amount of liquid in it, whether it's half full or half empty. But the people who see it as half empty are concerned about it running out and they worry about not having enough to go around. The people who see it as half full are less concerned about it running out and are just grateful that there's that resource there at all. And they're not so concerned about where they will replenish that glass, half glass, when that water happens to be gone. It's a matter of attitude, it's a matter of perspective, it's a matter of how you look at the world, what lens do you use? And there are people who seem to have adopted the habit of chronic complaining and worry. And if you think that those are not habits, think again, that's exactly what they are. You may have learned them as children, and they may have been with you all of your life, and you may have been temperamentally dis- disposed, predisposed to experiencing life in that way. And maybe you even experienced a trauma as a child that impacted the way you view the world, and that happens too. And I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish in any way, shape, or form how a trauma as a child can have lasting impacts on, on you all the way through your adult years, right up until the point of dying. I mean, we we are the sum total of our experiences after all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I'm not taking away from where those habits came from. I am suggesting, however, that it might be possible to change habits with work, with dedication, with commitment with a deep enough desire to change the way you see the world, there are practices that you can undertake that will help you to change your perspective. And so it starts up here with the way you choose to see the world, whether it's a friendly world or an unfriendly world, whether it's a world full of abundance or a world full of limitations and limited resources. At the end of the day, your body is simply responding to whatever it is that you're thinking. And if you start to think stressful, limiting thoughts, your your body physiologically responds to that by beginning to ramp up its adrenaline and pumping extra adrenaline into your bloodstream. And that is what creates this sense of stress, urgency, uh, upset, Now, in the early days of evolution, that adrenaline was intended to keep us safe, to help us survive. We are animals at at the end of the day. And in our early, early, early evolutionary days, we were simply hardwired to survive. That meant if we met a lion or a bear in the middle of the forest or jungle, that the adrenaline kicked in and we were able to run fast enough to get away if we survived so that we could procreate and continue to replenish the world with our own progeny. If we weren't able to escape, then that was all she wrote, right? We've evolved millions, billions of years since those days, but our body is still pretty much regulated by the amygdala, which is the almond-shaped part of the brain at the at the bottom of the brainstem and and where it connects near to the spinal cord. And that little almond-shaped organ is what pumps out that adrenaline. And it doesn't think; it doesn't take time to rationalize. Is this a real emergency, or is this just something I'm thinking? Could happen. Something I'm worried about might happen, but it hasn't happened, and in fact, it's not likely to happen. Your your amygdala doesn't know the difference. It's referred to as the reptilian brain. It's simply turning on the adrenaline that you've triggered with your thoughts. And sometimes you need that adrenaline. If you're in an accident and you need to be, you know, able to 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 respond quickly. If you have a close call on the highway and you're able to avoid an accident, you know, your adrenaline kicks in either way and you, you experience physical changes in your body. As a result, you breathe faster, you're stronger momentarily at least. And then when the episode passes, there's a, a sense of, of depletion. And you'll be extremely tired. And enough of those rushes of adrenaline through our our bodies can create wear and tear on our organs. And that's that's where we run the risk of getting sick if we don't start to take better care of ourselves. So my main message for today is that in order to alleviate, since we can't eliminate stress, in our lives. We need to alleviate to the extent that it's possible. And it starts here with what we think, what we dwell upon. So I often recommend for my clients, if, if they're prone to worry, if they're prone to think worst case scenario, if they're prone to feel anxious about what what's happening in their lives, I recommend finding a on affirmation. Louise Hay was huge on affirmations. You can find decks of her cards. If you're not familiar with Louise Hay, look her up. Louise Hay of Hay House. She's offered hundreds of positive, uplifting affirmations that when they are repeated to yourself, whether inwardly or out loud, they can help create a sense of calm and a sense of peace. And I recommend that you find an affirmation that resonates for you that lifts you up that calms you down that gives you some sense of peace of mind. And that you jot it down and put it somewhere on your computer where you'll see it every day on your on your bathroom mirror in the car wherever you may be, and use that affirmation as a reminder so that when you catch yourself in the spiral of negative thinking, that positive affirmation can help to stop that thinking in its tracks and and put you on a more positive trajectory. So that's, that's one strategy. And that's especially important for people who tend to be, like I said, who tend to identify, self-identify themselves as worriers and people who tend to feel anxiety a lot of the time. And there are a lot of people who feel that way. I, I work with people who feel that way all the time. And it's not a happy feeling, so... Try that as one strategy. I'll offer others in upcoming episodes. But for today, just remember to take care of yourself and to find an affirmation. There are millions of them out there. Make up one that makes you feel good and lifts you up and allows you to take a deep breath and a a momentary break in the cycle of worry and, and anxiety. And then see if that will help. And as you add other strategies to that one simple strategy over time, hopefully my intention for you is that you will learn to better manage your stress, to feel less stressed less often, or more often, less stressed more often, and that you will adopt a a more positive mindset that will allow you to see the world as a friendly place not one that you need to be afraid of that's it for today this is episode 2 of teachers in transitions thank you so much for watching and listening and look out for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and certainly the video will be available here for you on YouTube i'd invite you to subscribe to both And leave a comment so that I know what you think of this episode, as well as suggestions for other episodes that you might like to see related to either stress and stress relief and management or career transition and job search strategies. I'm Kitty Boytnot, and this is Teachers in Transition. So there you have it, an episode of Teachers in Transition. I hope you enjoyed the information and I hope you'll plan to come back. Please subscribe to Teachers in Transition so that you can be alerted of future episodes. And let me know if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to specifically cover in a future episode. I'm more than happy to help with individual questions as well. So email me at kittyboytnot at boytnotcoaching.com. If you are interested in finding a new career or just enjoying your life more, this is the place to start. I'm Kitty Boynton, and this is Teachers in Transition.